He did not do many powerful works in that place due to their unbelief. In the name of Jesus, James appears to be the first Christian bishop of Jerusalem. But he wasn't from there. He was from Nazareth, stepbrother of Jesus. Before Jesus' resurrection, it wasn't just those from Nazareth that took offense at Jesus. James did. Mark tells us about a time when Jesus went home and when his family heard about it, they went out to seize Jesus, for they were saying, he's out of his mind. But after his resurrection, Jesus appeared to James. It's after that that James becomes the chief pastor, the bishop of the churches that were in Jerusalem. Remembering James of Jerusalem gives us a chance to consider some similar questions about Jesus. Who is he? Where is he from? What does he show up to do? Why do people really take offense at him? And who are those that don't? And why? Now Jesus today admits that he's a prophet. It is one of his offices as the Messiah, the Christ. We've recently heard some texts about him being king or even priest, but today, Jesus is prophet. But the people of Nazareth took offense at Jesus. Now, people were often offended at Jesus being from Nazareth. But, in fact, the people of Nazareth didn't like him either. Who does this guy think he is, they say? Where did this guy get this wisdom and these powerful works? Where did this guy get all these things? Well, it was all a matter of knowing where Jesus was from. It's true he was from Nazareth. He is true man, born of the Virgin Mary. He is man born from the substance of his mother in this age, as the Athanasian Creed puts it. Jesus is a complete human being. He's a real human being, just like you and I are human beings. He has a human body, a human soul. But there's more, and that's what the people of Nazareth didn't believe. Jesus is the eternal God, the eternal Son of God. He is true God, begotten of the Father from eternity. He is complete God. Jesus is, as we just confessed in the Nicene Creed, God from God, light from light, very God of very God. Jesus is eternal, almighty, omniscient, and many other things because he's God. Jesus is prophet, not just a human prophet, but a divine prophet. He is God and he is man. 
Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. But that truth is not exactly the first reason why anyone takes offense at Jesus. That's because of what he says and what he does. As they were saying, where did he get this wisdom and his powerful works? Well, what Jesus preaches, his wisdom, he is a prophet after all, and what he does. Now that's what people take offense at. What wisdom is the offense, the stumbling block? Well, it's the preaching, well, it's preaching himself and his cross. What works are the stumbling block, the cause of offense? He forgives sinners. It's his cross, his death, his tomb. As Paul says, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block, an offense to Jews and its foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Human beings are always offended at God's ways. We're always looking for something else, even as Christians. We all know the right answers, but how quickly we think so little of Jesus, his cross, his word, his gifts. And it doesn't matter if life's going well for us or if life's going not so well. Either way, we have this innate desire to move past Jesus. We keep God in our back pocket when things are going well. What use is the cross or baptism or the supper of Jesus' body and blood then? Old Adam gets us to identify ourselves by something else in those good times. And so Jesus, his cross, his death and resurrection, his baptism, his forgiveness, the supper of his body and blood, all fade in our lives. Not really all that important. He did not do many powerful works in that place due to their unbelief. But the same thing happens when life takes a turn for the worst. In those times, old Adam wants something more than what Jesus is actually delivering. When life is good, we don't really care if Jesus shows up or not. But when it's bad, we want him to show up with something else besides what he's shown up to preach and to promise. It's in those bad times that Christ says to you, I died for you. I came back to life after three days for you. You 
are my baptized brother. I forgive you. I sent you a pastor to help you. I give you my body and blood to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of all your sins. And to all of this, old Adam says, I know, but he did not do many powerful works in that place due to their unbelief. But nevertheless, Jesus shows up. He shows up to deliver the powerful works of God. What are these powerful works? Well, God's ways are not our ways. In fact, it doesn't look like much. Just a man from Nazareth. But he is the Almighty God, come to die for you. It's just water and words, just bread and wine, just some Amish-looking character up here. But in truth and fact, it is his baptism that makes you a child of God. It's his preacher that delivers to you the gospel, that delivers the forgiveness of your sins right to you in the absolution. It's his body and blood for your forgiveness. The weakness of God is stronger than men. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. And all these powerful works of God are received by faith alone. Faith has the same benefit whether you experience good times or bad times. And that's because faith receives the benefits of what Jesus delivers. Faith doesn't add anything to what Jesus is doing. Jesus does his thing, does his cross, delivers his baptism, his sermon, his supper. And faith simply receives. Unfaith, unbelief, rejects, wants something else, something more. Who Jesus is and what he does are all received sola fide, by faith alone. Let's use the supper, for example, when considering frequency, for example. The small catechism teaches us from the Bible about the supper that person is truly worthy and well-prepared who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. Faith alone. Who's Jesus? He's prophet. He preaches the word of God. That is, he preaches his own salvation, his cross, his forgiveness. But he's more than just a human prophet. He is God who has died and risen 
for you. And he shows up to deliver the powerful works of God, the forgiveness of your sins. To do so, he institutes baptism. He institutes the supper of his body and his blood. He sends preachers to deliver the gospel and holy absolution. James was one of those preachers. Jesus comes to deliver the powerful works of God. In Nazareth, today, and faith alone receives the benefits of Jesus doing this. Nothing you do makes these things so. Trying to add something, that's unbelief. Human measurements, human thoughts about preparation, human ideas about proper action, motivation, or even appearance as well. As Paul says, they have the appearance of godliness, but it's just unbelief. Adding to what Jesus is doing when he comes to deliver the powerful works of God, even the forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of Jesus.